Our scripture reading this evening is found in Psalm 119. We'll begin reading at verse 17 and read through verse 32. Our text is found in that first or the third section of the psalm, but the first section that we read, verses 17 through 24. Psalm 119, verse 17. Deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My heart breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. My soul cleaveth unto the dust, quicken thou me according to thy word. I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me, teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies, O Lord, Put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. That far we read in God's holy inspired word. May God bless that reading to our souls. The text that we consider is that section from verses 17 through 24, but that section... I believe is summarized in the first verse, 17 of that section. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Beloved congregation in our Lord Jesus Christ, we celebrated God's bountifully, bountiful dealings with us in the Lord's Supper. God has dealt bountifully with us to send Jesus Christ into the world. And he has dealt bountifully with us by regenerating us and giving to us not only that spiritual life, but giving to us faith to believe his word. 
God has dealt bountifully with us. And now the question is, how shall you and I respond? The psalmist responds with his prayer. The psalmist who has been given life responds by praying this entire psalm. And he shows his thankfulness throughout the psalm. That would be a good exercise for devotions to read through the psalm and see how many different ways the psalmist expresses his thankfulness. He shows his thankfulness, for example, in verse 5, when he expresses his desire to keep God's commandments. In verse 5, he says, Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. That's an expression of someone who's thankful. He expresses his thankfulness in verse 10 when he says, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. He wants to show his thankfulness by serving God and walking in obedience to God. And so too in our text. When the psalmist prays, deal bountifully with thy servant, he is showing his thankfulness. Why does he want to live? When he says, deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live. Does he want to live? so that he can live for himself in selfishness? And the answer is found in the text, that I may live and keep thy word. And there's an expression, again, of the psalmist's thankfulness to God. He wants to live and keep God's word. That... Beloved, is a manifestation of the spiritual life that God had given the psalmist. His prayer manifests that life, and that is the kind of prayer that God answers. I want to treat the text under the theme, a prayer that God deal bountifully. Let's note that the prayer arises out of thankfulness. Secondly, let's note that the prayer that he utters manifests the life that God has given him. And lastly, let's note that God will assuredly answer that prayer uttered from the heart. A prayer 
that God deal bountifully. His prayer is the prayer of a pilgrim in this world who is thankful. The fact that the psalmist prays to God in the first place, that he says, deal bountifully, shows he recognizes his neediness, but in his neediness, he doesn't go searching to provide for himself. Rather, he turns to God to provide for him. Why does he turn to God to provide for him? Because he knows God has provided for him in the past. And so by calling upon God to deal bountifully, recognizing his need, he knows that God is the one who has supplied his need in the past, and God will supply his need again as he prays. He knows God is the bountiful supplier. And he prays to that God in thankfulness, knowing mercy's past. Prayer, as the chief part of thankfulness, recognizes God has provided for us in the past, and so we pray that God would continue to provide. That shows our thankfulness. The psalmist's prayer is a thankful prayer and at the same time a humble request. Deal bountifully. Confer to me that which I stand in need of. Confer to me thy blessings because only thou art able to supply those blessings. That in the first place, the very fact that he prays to God to deal bountifully shows his thankfulness for God's bountiful dealing in the past. So he continues to pray that. But also what the servant calls himself. I'm tempted not to give the number here, but I did count how many times the psalmist refers to himself as thy servant. I'm going to leave that for an exercise for the young people to count how many times in this psalm the psalmist calls himself thy servant. There's two times just in this section. There's no other title that he gives himself that even comes close to the number of times he calls himself the servant of God. That shows a humility before God, and it shows a dependence, not just when he calls himself a servant of God, he's not seeing himself as an unwilling slave. He doesn't use that term in a way that is 
that expresses that he dislikes being a servant, but rather he relishes that he is the servant of God. He is God's friend servant. And he sees God as his friend sovereign. That thankfulness, seeing that God has given him such a privilege to be his servant. That's what he expresses in that title that he uses. He is not seeing himself as God's equal, but he sees himself as submitting himself to God. He sees a wonderful relationship that he has with God as a dependent servant whom God has supplied. God has given to him all that he stands in need of. Deal bountifully with thy servant. When he says that, he's not saying, deal bountifully with me because my service has earned thy blessings. That's not what he's saying. But more along these lines, deal bountifully with me because I belong to thee, body and soul. Deal bountifully that I may serve thee. That's bound up with the reason that he's praying. Deal bountifully that I may be a faithful servant. That's thankfulness expressed by the psalmist. And now I ask us, I ask you, when you pray, do you pray in the consciousness that you are God's servant? Dependent on him and as one who wants to serve. Give me those things that I am asking for so that I can serve thee. Or do we pray for things, give me this, give me that, so that I may serve myself. A thankful servant wants to serve our God and prays in that consciousness. What a privilege that God has made us his servants. The psalmist declares elsewhere, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in God's house. I would rather serve in that way than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. There's the idea of the psalmist as well. What's the reason that the psalmist wants to uh, wants God to deal bountifully with him, and what, why should you and I 
want God to deal bountifully with us? Well, he answers that question. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live. And now you realize there's a difference between being alive and living. The psalmist wants to live in the highest sense of the word. And he's not talking about physical life. Obviously, he's alive physically as he's praying that. But he's asking that God strengthen him as regards his spiritual life. Deal bountifully that I may live, that I may be strengthened in my spiritual life. Here's another exercise for the young ones. How many times throughout the psalm does the psalmist pray that God would quicken him? There's another word that means give me life, quicken me. He prays that multiple times. Throughout the psalm, quicken me. And he's not praying, again, for physical life. He's praying that God would strengthen him spiritually because he sees he is weak. He sees he has only a small beginning. And I give just three examples, but there are many more for those who care to count. Through them, but here's some examples. Verse 37, and notice the spiritual focus. Verse 37, he says, Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken me, quicken thou me in thy way. In that spiritual way. In thy way, the way of righteousness, quicken me. There's a spiritual aspect to his life. That's what he's concerned about. Verse 40, he prays again, Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. Make me alive. Give me life in thy righteousness. And then for one last example, verse 144, the righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. To give him understanding is to cause him to grow in his spiritual understanding. That's his focus. It's a spiritual focus. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live, that I may enjoy spiritual life. 
And why does he want that spiritual life? He answers that question too, that I may live and keep thy word. He's not asking for two separate things. He's not saying, I want to live over here, and then there's another request I have, I want to keep thy word. But he wants to live in order to keep God's word. God's word refers to the revelation that God gives us of himself. That revelation from beginning to end, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, God's revelation of himself that centers in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is on every page of scripture. It, from beginning to end, reveals to us our salvation in him. God's word, the psalmist refers to that. He says, thy word is the means by which a young man is able to cleanse his way. God's word, the psalmist says, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is that which strengthens our souls in the midst of heaviness. God's word is what gives us hope in the midst of all kinds of disappointments and hardship. The psalmist wants to keep that word of God that proclaims our salvation in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Children, what does that mean? That he wants to keep God's word. And then to understand what that word keep means, think of a shepherd who keeps his sheep. A shepherd wants to guard his sheep. He wants to pay careful attention to his sheep. He wants to keep the sheep from being dragged off from, by wolves. He guards his sheep. The psalmist wants to guard God's word so that the truth of that word is not taken away. He wants to pay careful attention to that word. He wants to meditate on that word. He sees himself as the friend servant of God. And as God's friend servant, he wants to exercise great care over that revelation that God has given to us. He wants to guard 
that glorious message of God's mercifulness to us in Jesus Christ. And when he says, I want to keep thy word, yes, he wants to consider and keep that glorious gospel message, but he also wants to keep those words that direct him how to show his thankfulness. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. That's a thankful prayer that he utters in response to all that God has done for him in the past. Well, the fact that we make that kind of prayer, the fact that the psalmist prays this prayer, manifests that God has already given him life. He already has spiritual life. Just as someone, when you and I pray for grace, that manifests that God has already given to us grace. Yes, we pray for more grace, but we would never pray for grace unless God had already given to us grace in the first place. We pray for the Holy Spirit. But only those who have already received the Holy Spirit, already, those who already have been regenerated by the Spirit, only those who have been regenerated will pray earnestly for more of the Spirit, for grace. That life, then, that God gives to us will be manifested, and you can see that in the psalmist. Someone who's dead doesn't aspire to grow stronger, doesn't aspire to grow taller. Someone who's dead has no desire whatsoever, but here... The psalmist desires to grow. He desires life. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live. And that shows he has life already. So what does he pray that manifests the life that he has? He prays that God would open up his eyes. Verse 18. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. And here the word for law is not just talking about the Ten Commandments. It's not just talking about commandments in general, but it's talking about the teaching and instruction that God gives to us. All his teaching, all his instruction in general, 
And he prays that God would open his eyes in order to behold wondrous things in the instruction that God gives to us. Do you see his desire to grow? He's not satisfied with the knowledge that he has already, but evidently he has already seen wondrous things. And yet he recognizes there's so many wonderful things in the teaching that God gives that I don't even have the eyes to see them all. Open my eyes. There's a prayer, beloved, when you have your personal devotions or family devotions. Pray that God would open your eyes to behold wondrous things. Don't just read a short section and close the word of God and check the box while I read it, but rather pray that God would open your eyes. And I need to pray that God would open my eyes to see wondrous things. And even things that we say, well, I already knew that. We don't say, well, I already knew that Christ died on the cross. I don't have to consider that. No, open my eyes so that I see how wonderful it is that God would send his only begotten son. We need our eyes opened even to see how wonderful those familiar things are. We read, for example, of God speaking the word, his powerful word, and the whole creation comes into existence. but it doesn't strike us as it ought to. We need God to open our eyes to behold wondrous things. Or when we read of Jesus' promise to return again in the clouds, we need God to open our eyes to see that wondrous promise that Christ is returning again for us. We need God to open our eyes so that we see the wisdom contained in his word so that we would see how wonderful is this wisdom as compared to the so-called wisdom of the world. Open my eyes is the prayer that shows God has already begun to open those eyes, but he knows he has only a small beginning. We know that we have only a small beginning, so we pray that God would open them further. Especially to that great wonder of our salvation in Jesus Christ. In the second place, the life of 
that God had already given the psalmist is manifested when he says in verse 19, hide not thy commandments from me. He expresses, I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. God had given to him life, but having that spiritual life, he recognizes that many times those commandments are hidden because his old man does not see the wisdom of those commandments. So he prays, having that life, that life is manifested in that prayer and in his confession, I am a stranger in the earth, hide not thy commandments from me. He wants to grow in wisdom. As a stranger, as a pilgrim, he sees that. One more evidence that the psalmist gives, and we could tie some other things to that manifestation of life as well, but to give one more example of the evidence that God had given to him, the psalmist was willing to suffer for righteousness' sake. He expresses the suffering that he did experience when he says in verse 22, remove from me reproach and contempt. The wicked around him reproached him. When, for example, we want to follow Scripture and we say, Scripture defines what marriage is. Scripture defines the two genders that God created. And the wicked reproach us for choosing to stand with the revelation of Scripture. They express as strongly as they can their disapproval and their hatred of that teaching and of all who hold to that teaching. The psalmist experienced reproach and contempt, that attitude of contempt that considers someone not only worthless, but worse. And that's the way the wicked view believers, not only as neutral and worthless to society, but even a detriment to society. That was what the psalmist experienced. But notice his desire yet to keep God's word. Verse 22, remove from me reproach and contempt for I have kept thy testimonies. He shows his 
desire, his determination to follow God, even though he is reproached and contempt, con, uh, given uh, contempt. And that's verse 23 as well. Princes also, so chief men, rulers, princes also did sit and speak against me. But thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. His life was manifested, that spiritual life was manifested in a determination. Even when he was reproached, even when they spoke against him, he was determined to continue to be the servant of God. Does that manifest itself in your life, beloved? Does that manifest itself in my life? That I'm willing to be reproached? Not that I, not that I delight in reproach, but am I willing to be reproached for righteousness' sake? And that might even come from the church world being reproached because we hold to what God's word says. That's the kind of prayer that God answers. The prayer that the psalmist utters from his heart is the kind of prayer that God answers. And when you and I utter this kind of prayer, God will answer that prayer. He hears our cries. He does, not because of anything in ourselves. Why does God answer this kind of prayer? For Christ's sake. Christ, by his sacrifice and by his work, by his obedience, earned for us the answer to this prayer. No matter what we did as the servants of God, we could be the most faithful servants, but all we could say is, we are but unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. We didn't earn anything. But God answers our prayers for Christ's sake. The beautiful thing about this prayer of the psalmist, when he was uttering these words, deal bountifully with thy servant. The beautiful thing is that as he was uttering those words, God had already begun to answer that prayer. Isaiah 65 has a wonderful verse that expresses that. Isaiah 65, verse 24, it shall come to pass that before they call, 
I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. And what that's saying is this is the way God works. Think about that as the psalmist is praying, deal bountifully. God was already dealing bountifully with him so that he would utter that prayer. When you and I have a desire to grow spiritually and we pray to God, help me to grow in my faith. Already God, by his grace, is working in our hearts so that we would have that desire. We can't go and pat ourselves on the back and say, yes, but I had the desire. That itself was a result of the work of God's grace. As the psalmist was praying, God already was dealing bountifully with him. And so it is with us. God works in us, sometimes brings afflictions to us so that we see our great need and we pray to him as the only deliverer But who was it that opened our eyes to see our great need? Who was it that revealed to us that he is the one who provides? God answers this kind of prayer even as we are making those requests. How can you and I know that God will deal bountifully with us when we pray? Well, the psalmist gives an example of that. I said God had begun to answer that even as he prayed. But you can see God answering that in the verses that follow. He prays, deal bountifully with me, with thy servant, And then notice verse 20. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. He longs for God's judgments. He wants to know the difference between right and wrong. He wants to know those things in order that he could walk in God's ways. But it was God who planted that longing in his soul. God was answering, again, the prayer that he had uttered. He said, deal bountifully. And in the same prayer, God had already begun to deal bountifully so that he expresses the longing that he had for God's judgments. And is that not the case, beloved? When we are downcast and we pray to God, he begins to answer those prayers, even as we are bowing before him. Another example of that bountiful dealing we find in verse 24. 
you can see the work of God's grace in his heart. God's bountiful dealing. He says, thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. How did he get that delight? How is it that he had an ear that wanted to hear the counsel that God's word had to offer? What made him want to submit to God's word? God had dealt bountifully with him. God has been merciful to us, beloved. He bought us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He has regenerated us. He has given us life. And yet, with the psalmist, we pray, quicken us. Deal bountifully with us that we may live, that we might grow in strength, spiritual strength. And God will answer those prayers. He will. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, We thank thee for thy word. We thank thee for the wonderful things that thou hast revealed to us in thy word. And yet, we recognize even this evening that we have such a small beginning. Deal bountifully with us, we pray that we may live. Quicken us in thy way that we may keep thy word. Forgive us where we have fallen short, but encourage us in the way. May we see even the sorrow that we have when we see how far we fall short, when we see that sorrow, may we know that that sorrow manifests our desire to keep thy word. Bless us as thy people, we pray. In this coming week and in all of our lives, may we walk in thankfulness for what thou hast done, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.